I was a baby when I was baptized, and there's a picture in my dad's house of my mom's mother holding me. I was in this long, and I mean long, baptismal gown. It went past my feet and cascaded down off of grandma's arm. Now, grandma, jo grandma jokes, and let me be very clear, this is a joke. This is not good theology, so don't, don't take this as good theology. This is grandma's joke. She said that my baptism didn't count because I slept through it. <laughs> now, my baptism counted, but what grandma wanted was for me to coo or giggle or scream or fuss or squirm or something. She wanted to see that baby have a reaction to this, and I didn't. Hmm? I was at peace. I was perfectly fine. I was sleeping in church. Hey, you know, that's, that's what you do sometimes, right? That's, that's what happens. In the United Methodist Church, we recognize that baptism, baptism is one of two sacraments. The other sacrament that we have is Holy Communion. We recognize that in baptism, it is a special occasion for the person being baptized. It is special for the church. It is special for Christ's church. It's special for the family in attendance. Today, we remember... Jesus baptized by John, and we remember our own baptisms. But what is it about our baptism that we are to remember? And why is it that we should remember our baptisms? In our scripture this morning, we see two types of baptisms. We have John's baptism of repentant Jews, and then we have Jesus being baptized by John. When Jesus goes up to John and says, I want to be baptized, at first John says, no, 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 no. I'm not worthy to do that. Instead of my baptizing you, Jesus, you need to be baptizing me. And Jesus insists, and John relents, and Jesus is baptized. Why did Jesus need to be baptized? Why did Jesus insist upon his baptism? Now, let me tell you, scholars have been debating that for 2,000 years. And I can give you their answers, and I'll, I'll give you some of them, but I'm going to give you my answer. And so take this for exactly what it's worth. It's my answer, not anybody else's. Oh, my. Oh, dear. Okay, here comes. You ready? Here's my answer. Jesus was baptized because there is more to baptism than just the cleansing of sin. If baptism is about cleansing of sin, then how come the sinless Jesus got baptized? Now, don't go home and tell your friends that my pastor said that baptism is not about cleansing of sin because I didn't say that. I said that baptism is about more than the cleansing of sin. If you had been there when Jesus was baptized, you probably would have been shocked and amazed by what you saw and heard. First, the heavens are, are parted and the Spirit of God comes down like a dove. All right, well, that's weird. That's strange. You probably would have thought you were seeing things. And then this voice, maybe booming, says, This is my son, my beloved, with whom I am well pleased. If I had heard a disembodied voice, I would have fainted. Or maybe you would have turned to your neighbor and said, Did you just hear something? Did, did, did you hear something? There was a lot going on in that baptism with the parting of the heavens and the spirit coming down like a dove and then this voice in a not so subtle way we can get that god was there at jesus's baptism god was right there the very real presence of god 
was there in that moment. Baptism is a means of grace. And by that I mean it is a means through which God pours out, brings forth, covers us, nudges, forces down on us God's overwhelming, unconditional love for us. We are surrounded by God's love. It is also a means of grace because Jesus Christ is very real and very present in the baptism. As United Methodists, we believe that the very real presence of Jesus Christ is with us every time that we worship, but most especially during baptism and communion. Jesus is here, right here. Baptism is like a bear hug. Y'all know those hugs that sometimes you give somebody and you just want to hold them just a little while longer because you just want them to know without question that you love them, right? Y'all know, know those hugs. When Dalen was having his second surgery after his fireworks accident and I went up to the hospital to be with Bryn, when I met Bryn, I held her. I held her. Because I wanted more than anything in that hug for Bryn to know, no doubt, no question, that I loved her. And as I held her, I prayed for God's love to come through me and into her and into that place of pain and into that aching heart that she had in that moment. I wanted her to know with that hug that she was not alone, that all of us were with her, that I was with her, that Jesus was with her. She needed to know in that moment that she wasn't alone and she needed to know that Jesus was there. I needed her to experience the very real presence of Jesus Christ with her. Baptism is a bear hug. It is when God picks us up and loves us so much that we are covered in a love from a creator that we cannot possibly comprehend. And baptism is a celebration of the very real presence of Jesus Christ with us in that moment. Jesus is there. Right there. Jesus was baptized at the start of his ministry. This is the first passage that we have in any of the synoptic gospels where Jesus is an adult. And we see that this is happening at the very beginning of his ministry. The baptism of Jesus prepared him for what was about to come next. And we're going to look at one of those passages next week. It was at the very start. It was a preparation. It was getting Jesus ready. In a similar way, Baptism for us opens up a doorway to a new life, a holy and sanctified life. And by that, I mean a life that is made in relationship with Jesus Christ, a life that is doing the work of God for the kingdom of God, a life that is guided and led by the Holy Spirit, a life of loving and serving God and our neighbor. In baptism, that doorway is constructed. There is an invitation and there is a promise. Now, it doesn't necessarily mean that at the moment that you are baptized, your life is going to change on a dime. It does not mean that necessarily because we do baptize infants and children. Baptism can also recognize, hey, we realize that you are in a new life 
and that God's grace is with you, and we want to recognize that. But for some adults, that moment of baptism really and truly is a changing time. No matter the age you are when you are baptized, that door is constructed. And God invites you to open that door and step through and live a new life in relationship with Jesus Christ. Many years ago, I was blessed and honored to be able to conduct my first baptism by myself to a young woman named Amira. Amira was caught in a custody battle between her parents, and there was some messy stuff around that battle. When that was settled and she was reunited with her mother and with her grandmother, they asked me to perform her baptism, to sort of open that doorway to the new life that Amira was going to have. I said earlier that baptism is a means of grace, that it is a means of grace, a means for God to pour out God's love upon the person who's being baptized and for the family there, for the congregation is there. But at Amira's baptism, I learned that that means of grace is for the pastor too. At the end of the baptism, as, her, as Amira and her family returned to their seats, I knew without question that Jesus was right there with me. I had this moment of, a hole being filled in, or that last piece of a puzzle being plugged in. And I knew without question in that moment, God was telling me, you're ready, that I was ready to be a solo pastor. I talked to the district superintendent the next day, told him I was ready. Four months later, I met Dave Parkarski and Dave Kingsman in Ron's office and received this appointment. That last piece for me, God used Amira's baptism to open up a new doorway in my public ministry. Jesus' baptism was at the start of his public ministry. Baptism for us constructs that doorway to invite us into a new life, a new life filled with God's love, lived out in the very presence of Jesus Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit. And that is what a holy and sanctified life is marked with being in union with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The answer that we have for why Jesus was baptized is Jesus' own words. He says, it is proper in this way for us to fulfill all righteousness. Now, I don't know about you, but that statement, I, I don't get it. I, I look at that statement and I go, huh, what? What is Jesus fulfilling and what is this all righteousness about? I read this week that it's about Jesus accomplishing God's purposes and commission. Another commentator said it's about Jesus being faithful to God's will. And a third one said it's about Jesus carrying out God's purposes and Jesus' consent to do so. So here's what I did. I took all of that and I wrapped it up and I said, okay, what is this about? It's about relationships. It's about Jesus being in relationship with God the Father in order to do God's will and purposes on earth. For us, baptism is about relationships. When we are baptized, we are baptized into a covenantal relationship with three actors. The person, God, and Christ's church. In baptism, God initiates it. God does all the work. God is the actor. Trust me, the pastor is not the actor or the instigator of baptism. The one being baptized isn't the instigator of baptism. The family, the church, none of them. 
it's God who does the work. It's as if God has taken a stamp and says, this one's mine. This one's mine. This one's mine. In baptism, it is God saying, this is my child whom I dearly love. God begins that covenant relationship, which means that God isn't going to walk away from that covenant relationship. Do we stop sinning and make mistakes, stop making mistakes after we're baptized? No. Is it possible for us to turn away from God even after we've been baptized? Yeah. Yeah. Does that mean that the baptism is null and void? No. Because God instigated it, God made it happen, God created the relationship, and God isn't going to turn away from it. You are brought into a covenant relationship with God and with Christ's church. I want you to hear what I said there. It's Christ's church, the universal church, beyond space and time. Christ's church that is past, present, and future all over the world. That's the church that you are baptized and brought into. Yes, the local congregation plays a role in that, and yes, they are a part of the body of Christ. But you're baptized into a much bigger world than that. That is why in the United Methodist Church we recognize the baptisms of other denominations. It doesn't matter who the pastor was, whoever he or she may have been. It doesn't matter when you were baptized. We say, hey, great, welcome. You're already a part of the family. You're in this covenantal relationship with us. We're glad you showed up here. Glad to have you because we cannot unprove on what God has already done. This covenant relationship implies that together, as the body of Christ, as baptized members of Christ's church with a capital C, we together with God through the Holy Spirit can and will accomplish God's purposes. We can work in and for the kingdom of God just as Jesus' baptism set him into public ministry to fulfill all righteousness, to accomplish the will of God, to do what God had sent him to do, so we, in covenant and in relationship with God, will do the work that God has sent us to do to further God's love in the world and to be the, li the living embodiment of Christ's love. So I want to put all this together. Let's put it all together. Baptism is about the cleansing of sins. We know that. Baptism is a bear hug. From God, pouring upon us an unconditional, overwhelming, abundant love. In baptism, we are in the very real presence of Jesus Christ. And in baptism, a door is constructed for us to step through, invited to step into a new life, a holy and sanctified life, in relationship with Jesus Christ, through which we love and serve God and our neighbor. In baptism, we are in a covenantal relationship with God, and God will not walk away from us in that. In just a few minutes, we are going to have a small service that's called Remembering Your Baptism. I confess, I have never understood this service, mostly because I was baptized in an infant. I don't remember anything about my baptism. But it's taking that phrase too literally. This week in preparing for this sermon, now I get it. Now I understand why we have this service. So here's what I'm going to remember, and I invite you to do the same. As we remember our baptism, we remember God's overwhelming, abundant, and unconditional love for us. 
we remember that the very real presence of Jesus Christ is with us every single day in the power of the Holy Spirit. We remember that the Holy Spirit guides and directs us in a holy and sanctified life centered on love and service of, of God and of others. We remember that bear hug. We remember that God has marked us as God's own. We remember and we are thankful. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.